What if you could be doing something smarter with your money that creates income right now? If you're an IT professional who's wanting to get ahead financially and enjoy greater freedom of choice, and if you wondered who else in tech is creating ways to make their money work for them, and you want actionable ideas with honest pros and cons and no fluff, welcome to the Richer Geek Podcast. We're helping IT professionals find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. I'm your host, Nicole Stoller, and in this podcast, you'll hear from others who are already doing these things and learn how you can too. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Richard Geek Podcast. We have not provided an update on the hotels in a while, and we have some changes with the podcast. So we're going to cover all that today. Mike is joining me. How's it going, everybody? And uh, we're going to jump into these updates and these changes. So let's start with the hotels and particularly all the steps that you took right when COVID hit in March and April uh, to, to deal with the situation at that point in time. Yeah, you know, besides eating a lot of potato chips and pizza <laughs> to deal with stress, along with uh, some wine, we actually did... Uh, do a lot of things with the hotels. As soon as the NBA canceled their season and then here in Arizona, the spring training canceled, I knew that I was not going to have the revenue to go into the summertime. So I put some, got ahead of it and put some steps in place really, really soon. Uh, I immediately started looking at the CDC and what state policies regarding everything just to see what the initial policies are going to be and I got with my GM got with Radisson and Choice and the other flags and we just you know what are we looking at how how are we doing it was just kind of this initial thing um, I was a guest of several webinars and listened to a lot a lot of webinars that just kind of looked at what the policies might be. You know, this is brand new stuff. Uh, we tried to stay ahead of the, the curve, uh, tried to cut a lot of the bad policies out, uh, tried to get ahead of those. You know, as you know, state and, and local policies, they can just start, uh, just start naming things and having us do things. So we had to get ahead of that. I was able and you can ask Nicole, I was up as soon as they opened up the PPP and the EIDL portals, I was like, count down to the that second that they are open so that I could apply. This allowed us to keep our entire full staff at all the hotels during this entire time period. And because we were able to get the EIDL loans, we did not have to close. Uh, which was a blessing for everybody. Uh, I immediately started talking to our lenders. I was, I was like, okay, guys, we're getting into some rough patches. We may not be able to pay our payment and the mortgage payments. What are you going to do for us? And of course, lenders being lenders, they were um, reluctant at first. You know, well, you know, this is just a flu. Well, this is going to pass in, in six weeks. Wow, was everybody wrong? Uh, so I immediately started talking to the SBA, started talking about the lenders and then the vendors. If it was not essential for me to be that vendor uh, for the success of the company and, and the hotels, they're gone. 
the ones that were critical or essential, I renegotiated all the contracts. And there's a lot of pushback. And I said, look, you know, it's either I pay you half or I don't pay you at all. Take your, take your, you know, choice. Um, and then we immediately did things like uh, cut the breakfast out. Uh, and that was kind of a, a lot of city and state policies, national policies, no more buffets. Um, so at the beginning we had zero breakfast at all except for coffee. So you, you were amazing and you really did a mad scramble. It was great to see. And then I, I will say too, there was just a tremendous amount of support from the hotel franchise groups. And then once everybody also started to realize you found more support like with the SBA and with the lenders, et cetera. So uh, it's interesting to look back, you're right in hindsight and think that this is gonna be a short thing and it, it clearly has not been. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the summer because we, we've talked about this before, how in Arizona in particular, our hotels, the summer is the worst time of year. It's always a slow time. Uh, tell us about this year and, and what were you doing during that time frame? Yeah, it's it's too bad the virus didn't hit in the fall. You know, that would have been a lot better for a lot of us in, in Phoenix. Because as everyone knows, uh, when it's 110, 115 degrees, I don't know why you don't want to come out and visit Arizona. You know, it's a dry heat, right? So, you know, come on. But no, that's not the reality. Uh, come late May through September, the uh, tourism and the hospitality industry, you know, we go from 100% occupancy down into the, the 30s and 40s because of that. Well, the COVID-19 hit in, you know, March. You know, that's when it really hit us. That's when we kind of realized that um, we weren't going to see the revenues. So we had to really do a mad scramble because what happens is for us uh, basically October through late April, early May, we make all of our revenue to carry us through the summer months because we just, we, we barely break even if, if we do break even in the summer. So what we decided is so well with one of our hotels that we had just recently purchased, uh, there was a PIP, which meant uh, that the hotel, we, we needed to uh, redo the furniture, paint, you know, convert it over from the uh, flag that it was into the new type of hotel, the new, the new flag. And what a better time. You know, it, it's I'm, April, we're talking almost no occupancy, uh, late March. So we uh, accelerated our remodels and uh, what we call PIPs throughout the hotel. So it, it was kind of a blessing in disguise that we were able to do that. Yeah, and that's that was great too, because I can remember getting, you know, we would see customer reviews in January and mm -hmm. February, and they'd say, oh, this hotel's outdated. And I think you worked with the company that was doing our remodel to actually create a board to say, coming soon, we know <laughs> it's outdated. We are going to be updated, but it kind of hurt to see that in reviews over and over again. Yeah, and that's true. And, you know, for all the hospitality people that are out there that own uh, hotels and gyms, the, the local company that we worked with, they are na nation nationwide. Uh, they did, they saved us six figures over uh, going through all the case goods and the PIP directly through the, the hotel. 
So if anyone uh, is interested in uh, saving a bucket load, uh, reach out to us and uh, we can put you in contact with the uh, interior group. Tell us a little bit about the steps that you're continuing to take because, you know, you, there was a mad scramble. There were a lot of things that you did. You had to remodel. And now what steps are you continuing to, to work on with the hotel? Yeah, it, it's, we don't know. There's, there's so much uncertainty right now. You know, things are opening up, but there are three things that could shut things back down again, you know, that, that we look at is I don't know if there's going to be a second wave. So I have to assume that there's going to be, even though I pray that there's not going to be, uh, we have an election coming up in November. We don't know what kind of a shift in policies that might create as far as uh, small businesses or hospitality industry or, or, you know, with COVID. So there's those things. Um, and so I have to assume that this may take a while. And I think the hospitality is not going to really see a, a full comeback for another year or so. So we are continuing to do like a, uh, a grab and go breakfast. I hope that the limited services that we never have to have breakfast again, the full buffet. Um, so we we're hoping to do the grab and go for uh, the foreseeable future. Uh, property taxes, you know, I, I'm just, man, it, that's a tough one. Um, I, I've been in talks this past month and continue to do so just to see if we can get any help with our property taxes. Um, every time I, I'm on a list of a lot of uh, state and city agencies, uh, Chamber of Commerces, and every time there's a grant, I don't care if it's $500, I'm, I'm taking it. You know, I, I apply for a lot of grants and we've been able to receive some really good ones. The cities that we have hotels in have been really, really supportive for the small local businesses and uh, kudos to them, it's wonderful. Uh, another thing on one of the hotels, we finished the, the debentures of the SBA loans. So something that's been fantastic is if you have an SBA loan, and that's the difference between multifamily and a hotel, is it's a business that sits on the real estate, so we're able to get SBA loans. The SBA is paying, not deferring, but actually paying six months of our mortgage payments on the SBA side. And that's, you know, like with the 7A loans, but then the, uh, the 504, there's two loans. So I was able to get six months of the SBA loan completely paid for. And then our bank has had, and they've been wonderful, two separate time periods. Once at the very beginning, I think in May, and then now two sets of three month deferrals. So I have no mortgage payment for the rest of the year and I won't have it until March. That is just so huge. Because as you know, I mean, we're talking $25,000, $30,000 a month payments. It's, it's just, uh, it's a blessing. All right. And then I would love for you to share, because this has been really interesting. One of the mad, mad scrambles that, that we talked about, I think when I was doing edit, unedited versions, I talked about uh, reaching out to like trucking companies and who was still traveling 
and how we also had learned a little bit about our criteria for next hotels as a result of COVID, changing the things that we thought we wanted to realizing what things have been performing really well. So I'd love for you to share, especially because with multiple hotels, it's, and you talk with a lot of people in industry too, tell us about what you're seeing about overall uh, performance and hotel mix type. Yeah, you know, the, it is the biggest surprise. You know, one thing, if you're an entrepreneur, if, you, if you, real estate, no matter what it is, you never stop learning. So we, I, I do a lot of studying, a lot of researching uh, during COVID. What type of hotel, where is that hotel located? Who's doing well? Is anybody doing well during COVID? And it, it's completely opposite of, of what I thought. We have a hotel and Basically, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's halfway between two major metro centers along a highway uh, here in Arizona. And it's doing, it never got below 60%. And right now, it's doing 80 to 85% occupancy. And it's in the middle of nowhere. It, it's, it's just, it, it's crazy. But it's off of a major highway. It's outside of a metro. What I found out is that during COVID, people don't want to stay in urban areas where there's just a lot of people. So they're staying outside of the cities. This hotel has uh, semi-truck parking and it's across the street from a, a hospital. So we found out that it's not the urban hotels. Those are, are doing really bad. You know, one of our hotels, I was just, I was so excited. It's a brand new hotel in a, a tech center area of the uh, the metro you know area in a business park just a beautiful area and it was struggling i'm you know 20 30% occupancy and, and even now it's maybe you know 50 52% it's because it relies on business travelers it's an urban hotel and uh, so we've just found out and it's completely changed you know everyone has these dreams i'm going to own these big fancy hotels with four or five restaurants and all these things and conferences. You know, I, I don't want any conference space. I, I don't want restaurants. I don't want to, maybe, maybe a bar. Um, but what, what do I want? Your blue collar, your overnight traveler that they, they stay a night and then they leave free breakfast, which I hope goes away. Maybe grab and go. That's, that's a, a stickler for me. Uh, free Wi-Fi, but, you know, they basically stay and go. It, it has truck parking. It's off of a major highway, and it's not in a major city. Um, extended stays done extremely well, and then the only other one is, like, the limited service uh, has done very, very well. Yeah, it's really interesting because before COVID hit, I know we were looking at acquisitions and one of the things in hotel space you're looking at economic drivers what are all the things that would bring people to the area and you're right we did we did think it would be really great to to move into some conference space and diversify a little bit with restaurants and now you know there's a, there's a lot of lessons learned yeah, around and, that. And, um, and another thing real quick is you know i looked at well i want to get a hotels next to university you know, there are different things or, well, this is in tourism. You know, it only had maybe one driver uh, to it. Well, universities aren't in school, hotels dead. No one's allowed to go to the Grand Canyon or 
snow ski or, or hike, the hotel's dead. So what we've done is like, okay, our criteria now, it has to have at least uh, three drivers. Yeah, and I know we particularly really like the truck parking mm -hmm. too, because we found that, you know, that supply chain, which has been, uh, you know, continued to, to drive overall economy, uh, you know, trucking and transportation is a big yep. part of that. Tell us, are you seeing any hotel deals right now? Because we're talking about some struggles and so you might think, and even though your criteria is, is narrowed down and you don't want to look at some of the things you would have mm -hmm. in the past, are you seeing deals? We're starting to see some of that action. During COVID, you know, it's funny, whenever someone would send me a hotel deal, it was, everything was based on 2019 numbers, 2018 numbers. I'm like, yeah, well, of course. But what's it doing now? Because, you know, and they're, they're saying, well, it's going to come back. And I'm like, uh, investing 101, I never invest based on assumptions or what might happen. So right now, there's just a lot of disagreement with valuation between the sellers and buyers. The buyers want 2020 numbers, of course because we don't know when it's going to come back to 100%, but the sellers don't want to lose money and they want everything based on 2018, 2019 numbers. Uh, what we're starting to, starting to see is the ones that are, where we're seeing the action is specifically the CMBS hotels, uh, you know, where they had the CMBS loans uh, because they weren't able to have any type of deferment. Those are the ones that are starting to, uh, go into foreclosure and we're starting to see some deals. So it's not like I'm going to uh, probably create it like a syndication, another syndication right now, because it may be another three or four months before we find something with the criteria. So I, I've kind of shifted the focus and what we're going to do is create a fund so that they're, the investors have, and we have the pool of money so that when we're able to, get something because they're, they're going very quickly. And we're even seeing somewhere you can actually assume the loan with the small down payment, but you, you have to be able to have the money available. And it's just like in, in regular real estate market, we have to be able to jump in. So uh, we're looking at uh, starting probably within uh, the next month or so opening up a fund. Yeah. Thank you for taking us through that. Uh, if someone is listening and then they're looking to get into hotel investing, because we've definitely had some people reach out and say, hey, I'm interested in learning about, you know, buying a hotel or I've been exploring this. What advice would you have for them right now? The biggest thing is, is please don't jump in. Uh, even if you see a foreclosure or you see a, what you think is a good deal, and this isn't every type of real estate, right? Um, don't jump in and buy it, especially if you don't have hotel experience. If you're in multifamily, don't just jump into hotels. It's the business aspect of real estate is just so much different. Um, get into, you have to partner with someone, uh, get into a fund, get into a syndication, find a mentor. If you want to buy a hotel, partner up with someone that has a lot of experience where you can learn. You have to study the markets, study the flags, who has been a pro owner during COVID and who doesn't care as, as a flag, you know, um, 
So there's just a lot of things, market analysis, the drivers, what's driving people to the hotels. So I guess to make it short, um, don't just jump in. You, you won't survive. You need to get a mentor. You need to partner with someone and learn. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I, I know there's an episode coming up uh, in a couple of weeks on our podcast where we interviewed David Blatt. And he invests in distressed debt. And it's very interesting when I chatted with him about hotel investing, he got this huge smile on his face. And he said, I think there's just a tremendous amount of opportunity in hotels for patient capital, mm -hmm. right? Because it is going to be a little bit but that's, he said, they're unloved assets right now, <laughs> but that's exactly where you want to be. You kind of have to go a little bit. And I did ask him about other, other niches because I asked about retail, for example, which is also a, you know, struggling niche as well. And he said, that's been struggling for many years as a result of uh, online shopping and other things. It's not <clears> necessarily <throat> that it was a COVID impacted where, whereas business travel, and that whole industry, which then uh, impacts the hospitality industry, all, you know, really as a result of COVID. So, mm -hmm. so thank you for that advice. Let's shift gears in our last few minutes and talk about the podcast. So there have been some changes in my schedule, and they have really impacted my ability to do as much as I would like with the podcast. I don't know, for those of you who may have noticed that I started going to bi-weekly episodes, there are also uh, just, I haven't been able to pursue as many of the guests as I would like to pursue as a result of just, just being extremely busy uh, in my work life. And Mike has a lot more flexibility and he has some great ideas that he would like to bring to the podcast. So he is going to be taking over hosting the podcast. And what you'll notice is we'll do a little bit of transition in November. Some of the episodes were people that I previously interviewed. And that's just because some of these interviews are, you know, something I've done months and months ago, some even a year ago. So you'll see a little bit of that transition. But Mike, do you want to share a little bit about some of the changes that you're looking to implement? Sure. Yeah, thanks, Nicole. Uh, so Nicole's done a fabulous job showing everyone, all your listeners, that you can actually own a business or invest in real estate while you're still working. And she's brought on some really fabulous people that are in, in the tech business and different, different industries, and they, have, they are doing that. Um, but because I'm a, a teacher at heart, I'm going to continue doing what Nicole's doing as far as bringing in uh, individuals with ideas and people that have started their business, but I'm going to start every other week, break down. It's like, okay, you want to start a business. You want to start investing in real estate. I'm going to start digging into specifics on how to do it um, so that you know the steps before and after you invest so that you don't fail, how to build your team, how to evaluate things. So there's going to be a lot of, uh, some, some teaching. I, I know a lot of you've reached out to both of us and said, wow, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I remember back, you know, 20 years ago when we started in real estate, we, we kind of listened to the same thing. It's like, okay, wow, you know, here we are. And then we bought stuff, but didn't know really how to do it. So that's where I'm going to, uh, you know, teach a little bit in between. 
Perfect. I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I think you've got some, you know, you've got great ideas to share and I think it'll be a good change of pace. So we appreciate all of you listening. Thank you for your feedback. You can always contact us uh, through the website. There's a form to fill out and uh, you can find us on LinkedIn as well. And uh, we look forward to many more years of the podcast and thanks for joining us today. Take care, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Richer Geek podcast. For today's show notes, including links and resources, visit us at therichergeek.com. Don't forget to head over to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. Help us spread the word by sharing with others who could benefit from listening and leave a rating and review. That'll help us get the podcast in front of more people. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening.